Rick Stevens, financial advisor with FRS Financial Group, securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. For more detailed information regarding any of the topics discussed on today's show, please call 719-500-8700. This is Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial. Here's your host, Rick Stevens. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial Group. This is your host, Rick Stevens, and folks, remember that this is your show. If you've got a question you would like to have answered, if there are topics you would like to hear a little bit more about, feel free to give us a call at 719-500-8700. You can also send me an email, rstevens at frsfinancialgroup.com, or simply go to our website, frsfinancialgroup.com. Click that contact tab in the corner. Send us that question, that message, that topic you'd like to know a little bit more about. Folks, we would love to hear from you. Well, this week on Money Matters, we are talking all things Thanksgiving here in studio with my co-host, Andrew Rogers. Andrew, it's that time of year again. It is. It almost snuck up on me this year. You know what? I have learned over the years that that Einstein was a pretty bright guy, mm-hmm. and that whole theory of relativity and time, all of that works because the older I get, the faster time goes. Yeah, it's it's surprising that you know it seems like just you know last week we were talking about Labor Day, and all of a sudden here we are. I, I feel like the World Series just ended. Yeah. Of course, maybe it did, and. You know, it really goes a lot later because it used to be about Mr. October and now you're getting Mr. November's in all of that. But what do I know? What do I know? I've only watched the game for almost 50 years. Yeah. Anyway, we are talking, folks, this week on Money Matters about Thanksgiving. And there are some things uh, to kind of go over, Andrew. I I thought we would have a little bit of fun with some of the the craziness that, that... surrounds Thanksgiving, if you will. Wait, are you talking about the the day or the the family? Yes, yes, I think is the exact uh, appropriate response for that. Uh, but but you know when when we go through and and take a look at all these things, one of those things I did not realize, mm-hmm. Andrew, until a a friend of mine who actually is uh, in the midst of putting together a couple of different schools, uh, literally in other parts of the world. Put up on his Facebook about five days ago, it's strange that there's no Thanksgiving in England. And I never thought about that until he put that up there. Thanksgiving is a purely American holiday, although our Canadian friends to the north do celebrate a Thanksgiving. In October or September or something Right, else. right, something like that. But in terms of the traditional, there's Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas, that's only American to do that. Really? Which is weird in my world. Yeah. Wait, are you saying that the Brits also don't celebrate the 4th of July like we do? Well, they, they have a 4th of July. They just don't shoot off fireworks that day. Okay. 
Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about some some fun history sort of things this week. We're gonna talk about some uh, you know some traditions that we have. We're also gonna talk about some foods that um, other folks think are a little strange. And I'm going over some things I think are a little strange too. Okay, Andrew, we're gonna we're gonna get to all these, but I want to start with some of those. Uh, I guess for lack of a better term, some Thanksgiving fun facts. Okay, so. Thanksgiving itself, as an American holiday, is actually over 400 years old, Andrew. It was actually first celebrated when the pilgrims had come off the Mayflower in the uh, late fall, early winter, if you will, of 1621. That first Thanksgiving, there were 50 pilgrims. There were roughly 90 Wampanoag Indians. Okay. And it lasted for three days. That's a heck of a festivities. That is. That's that's much longer than we theoretically celebrate it now. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of folks that go that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday into that whole weekend. True. I was almost going to say, too, that's almost how long we're allowed to actually celebrate it these days as well, that kind of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because it seems like now it's sandwiched between Christmas, which is now starting what? Mid October, you take a break on the thirty first. Well, I actually saw Christmas stuff out at Costco in September. Yeah, that was nuts. So I'm glad you know we have a a, a three day reprieve from the early Christmas <laughs> to celebrate Thanksgiving these days. Yes, yes, yes. Now, now when we come to it as a U.S. holiday, mm-hmm. you know, technically we weren't founded until 1776 and that little Declaration of Independence thingy. Yeah. Uh, George Washington, in 1789, declared a national day of Thanksgiving on November 26th. Okay. Didn't set it as an actual national holiday then, but declared a national day of Thanksgiving. And just said, hey, one day we should give thanks. We should be happy. Y- you figure out when, just be thankful that Yes. Day. Abraham Lincoln actually, uh, shall we say, standardized it. Okay. Uh, back in 1863, he actually declared the fourth Thursday in November as a national day of Thanksgiving. Okay. Why Thursday? I have no idea. I mean, most everything else that was declared a national holiday and is not set on a date is usually set like on a Monday. Yeah. So he went with Thursday. I guess he wanted the four-day weekend. Oh, and I think he might have been, you know, influenced by the early retail lobby trying to get uh, the the prime shopping day on a Friday into the weekend. Yes, yes, would not surprise me. Uh, so 1863. So we are rolling at this point in roughly again mm-hmm. ballpark numbers on this. Uh, a couple couple hundred years. Okay. Onto this hundred and what sixty ish? Yeah. Really? So closing in because I like to round numbers and it's over fifty, so we round it up. So football, Andrew, has been played on almost all of Thanksgivings. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. It is. But but did you know the actual first Thanksgiving football game, which by the way was was played in 1934, or not? Sorry, that was the Detroit game. The first Thanksgiving game was Yale and Princeton in the 1890s. Really? Yes, 1890s. Yale and Princeton. A couple of college football teams. We don't see a lot of Yale and Princeton these days. No, but back in the the Halcyon days before the forward pass. Yes. Yes. 
But Detroit, your beloved Lions, have been playing on Thanksgiving since 1934, and they missed a couple of Thanksgivings because of the war. Okay. It's this little thing going on, you know, around the world those, that involved those, everybody from 39 to 45. Skirmishes. Minor, minor issues. And Dallas, Dallas is is actually late to that party, Andrew. Yeah. Dallas didn't actually start playing on Thanksgiving till 1966. Yeah, right before, you know, the 70s and the big advertising push of America's team. Yes, yes. And the crazy part about that is they actually missed 1975 and 1977. Now, I understand Detroit missing out on a couple of games because of a war going on that was kind of big. I want to know what was going on in 75 and 77 that Dallas just went, ah, no, not this year. A lot of pre and post uh, bicentennial planning, I'd bet. Uh, could be. Could be. Could be Or, in I mean, it was the late 70s, Texas, oil money. Just blame it on the oil embargo at this point. Oh, that'll work. That'll work, too. Uh, I was actually thinking maybe they had like an ice storm and just went, nah, we don't, we don't do well in Texas on the maybe. roads with ice, so let's just forget it. Yeah. Could have been. Who knows? Uh, but, but football is not the only thing. That happens on Thanksgiving. Um, a lot of places actually host that little fun run that they will call the turkey trot. Mm-hmm. That'll happen a time or two. The first turkey trot was actually held in 1896. Really? Yes. Crazy that folks have actually been out jogging on Thanksgiving for a long, long time. Now, that one surprises me because it seems like a lot of the organized runs, the, you know, running as a sport, the Jogging or yogging uh, yes. kind of seems <laughs> to be more of a modern kind of pastime. Yeah, but apparently uh, folks back in the uh, late 1890s went, you know what, guys? That was a heck of a meal. Let's go for a run. Are you sure with that being 1896, that wasn't just the commute back home? It could have been. Very well. Very well could have been in there. Now, a staple at my house mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving uh, is typically watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, that has actually happened. Every year since 1924, but but Andrew, they're not the oldest Thanksgiving Day okay. parade. You know where the oldest Thanksgiving Day parade is? I, I think somewhere, again, East Coast and uh, maybe one of those earlier cities. I want to say maybe Philly? The City of Brotherly Love. That's right. The City of Brotherly Love started their... Thanksgiving Day parade tradition in 1920. So just a couple of years before New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so New York is not the first city in this case. They are, in fact, a second city, yeah. if you will. All that razzing, they always give Chicago as the second city. <laughs> Let, let's give that back to New York a little bit. But did you know that the same time that the Macy's Day Parade was founded in New York, 1924, there's also another city that started there. Somewhat famous Thanksgiving Day Parade because at the end of it, they give the key to the city to Santa. Would that be the Motor City, uh, Detroit? That would be, in fact, that that beautiful city in the northern Midwest, Detroit. It really would. And and, I've always wondered this. When you've got this big, giant public event and you're producing the key to the city... Do you really need to give it to Santa Claus? Because I thought he got in every house just anyway. I, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just that ceremonial to uh, maybe keep uh, the DPD kind of standing down that it's not just burglary that, that or could be. you know breaking and entering. 
That could be that, or or it it could be the entire city just trying to make sure that Santa knows they should be on the good list and not the naughty list. True, and I mean Detroit probably needs it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going with you're probably right about that. Yeah. Uh, so some of those some of those you know sort of origin stories, if you will, when it comes to some of those uh, Thanksgiving pieces. One of the things that uh, I know that uh, as a country we are known for, Andrew, on Thanksgiving. Happens to be the food. Yeah, food is a is a big, big sort of part of what most folks do on a on a Thanksgiving, and and one of those foods, Andrew. So I was I was in a uh, a meeting earlier today, and one of the things that we were doing as our icebreaker was talking about our favorite side dishes. Okay, and probably three out of every five people in there said green bean casserole. Really? Yes. Now, green bean casserole, Andrew, was created, believe it or not, I know this will sound, you know, crazy, was created by Campbell's, the soup company. Wait, so it was manufactured to sell cream of mushroom soup? Yes, yes it was. It was created by the Campbell's test kitchen supervisor back in the 1950s. And in fact, when you when you look at the cream of mushroom soup sales for Campbell's, about 40% of their annual sales of cream of mushroom soup happen in the week leading into Thanksgiving. See, and I thought it was either that or, you know, maybe some collusion with uh, the French's French fried onion group. Yes. Because it seems like that's the only dish, really, you use those for. Well, I would I would tell you this. Once you go see who owns French's, I bet you're going to find uh, a Campbell's combination in there somewhere. Probably. Just, just throwing that out. Now, again, not that I'm a conspiracy theorist, well, but if it's not a conspiracy, I'm only a theorist, right? I mean, if, if the tinfoil hat fits, might as well wear it. <laughs> um, here's one of those other pieces that kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, as somebody who watches football mm-hmm. and in particular enjoys that good Thanksgiving Day tradition of multiple games and now we're all the way up to three yeah uh, these days but as a kid i can remember vividly john madden mm-hmm. talking about the turducken right the turducken yeah that's the that's the turkey that's stuffed with a duck that's stuffed with a chicken and believe it or not john madden is not the guy who came up with that concept it's a lot older really than we would than we would believe in fact there was a 1774, not 1974, 1774 cookbook called The Art of Cookery that's got the earliest known instructions for what they called cooking a bird within a bird. Yeah. And instead of that chicken inside of a duck, inside of a turkey, the recipe itself actually calls for a pigeon inside of a partridge, inside of a chicken, inside of a goose, inside of a turkey. Wow. That's a lot of stuffing going on. That's poultry inception right there. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. I, I don't know if you've got to spin that little top uh, just to make sure that it's real or or what. And I would I would assume we've either got giant turkeys to make that happen or we've tried to make them all boneless, as boneless as possible. Well, I mean, pigeon and partridge get pretty small. And I think, you know, back then the chickens were probably closer to maybe a Cornish game hen. So I could see that. But... Do we still give John Madden the credit for the six-leg or the eight-leg turkey that oh, only, I always remember? Only if the offensive linemen have been given the Madden player of the game. Okay. Then we can give him the credit for that turkey. So I think 
going out on a limb and pulling in the uh, the crystal ball, knowing that one of the best offensive lines are playing that early game. Probably going to get one this year. Probably going to probably going to see that handed out to that uh, team wearing the Honolulu blue. Yep. I would expect, especially going against the uh, the pack. team that we can affectionately call the Cheeseheads, right? Yeah. Some more Thanksgiving food information, and we're talking about those turkeys. Um, for for folks who don't typically like turkey, oftentimes ham is that substitute. About 77 million pounds of ham will be purchased for Thanksgiving. But, Andrew, that doesn't begin to touch how much turkey gets bought. Yeah. 365 million pounds of turkey is bought the week of Thanksgiving. That's not even the folks who think about it in advance and keep it in the freezer for a month. Yeah, or the folks that have a weird family tradition of doing it after Christmas for a family's, you know, birthday in the end of January. You, you don't happen to know any families like that, do you? <sighs> <laughs> but here's, here's the thing, because I was having this conversation the other day with uh, Justin, one of our mm-hmm. guys here, who had, I don't want to say a hot take, but it was pretty warm that Thanksgiving was a very overrated holiday because a lot of these foods and especially the turkey it's a one time a year thing and is that true for you is it really turkey the only time you do it around thanksgiving now we actually do turkey at my house several times through the year um i don't do it a lot mm-hmm. in terms of the the full-on full roasted bird sort of turkey because at my house we don't eat a lot of that but but we'll do a turkey breast you know maybe three or four times okay. in any given year because you know, there's nothing wrong with a good turkey leftover sandwich. Yeah. Or or any of the 83,000 casseroles that could come out of leftover mm-hmm. turkey. And then you get into the Tetrazzinis and the pasta family exactly. and everything else. Exactly. Now, getting into the carb side of this. Okay. Um, I don't know if your family does mashed potatoes. My family always did. Yeah. Good, good mid, good Midwestern sort of thing, I would think. Uh, but I, I got to imagine it extends, you know, up into that Pacific Northwest with Idaho and everything. Yeah. So when it comes to potatoes, the week of Thanksgiving, about 250 million pounds of potatoes are actually purchased. Whew. That's almost as much potatoes as we got turkey. That's a lot of potatoes. That's a lot of, uh, I need a nap, yeah. is what that is. And, and we also, though... Have to continue down that path, not just regular potatoes, but another 50 million pounds of sweet potatoes yeah. are actually purchased coming into Thanksgiving. And because that's not enough carbs, about 40 and a half million rolls, bread rolls, 40 and a half million are usually purchased. And it would not shock me if you talk about the folks who also then make them homemade, mm-hmm. to see a number one in front of that and the total number consumed. Oh, yeah. And I know probably half that goes on with my family. Well, you, you, you guys have, have the other half? Roll, yeah. So, so, but we're not done yet, right? Yeah. As, as the late, great Billy Mays would have said, but wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. More in that carb world. When it comes to, and this is going to depend, Andrew, on, on where you grew up, you can call it stuffing, you might call it dressing, but Americans spend about $96 million on seasoned breadcrumbs. Really? That's a lot for bread. That is. That all we're going to do is cook it again. Yeah. That, that always confuses me. But it's not just here, right? We've got cranberries. 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and whether you're talking about that homemade cranberry relish, as most folks would call it, or that wonderful can-shaped ocean spray gelatinous blob, although we can't really call it a blob because it does have a shape, yeah. it's the shape of the can. It's a log. It's a it's, cranberry log. Yes, 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 it is. About $42 million is spent on canned cranberry sauce every year. And more than 17 million pounds of fresh cranberries are sold. Wow. That's a lot of cranberries. That is. I, I can't imagine that the folks at Ocean Spray are actually making more money any other week of the year except the one leading into Thanksgiving. Well, and I think this year is going to be a banner year for them because out of all the headlines and the food studies and inflation – Apparently, the cranberry is going to hit you the hardest this year when I think it was at least a double-digit percentage higher than last year. So that's going to be a lot more heading back to the bog. Yes, 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 indeed. Well, folks, we are up against that break in today's show. When we come back, we're going to continue talking some fun Thanksgiving food and some tradition and uh, I've even got a few things uh, as we get to the close today, Andrew, that i got to say I'm kind of thankful for this year. So, folks, stick around with us. We will be right back. Does stock market volatility have you wondering which way is up? Do the talking heads and doomsayers have you wondering if this really is the end? If you want straight answers from an advisor who isn't just trying to sell you something, call FRS Financial Group at 719-500-8700. To schedule your complimentary appointment today. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Well, folks, thanks for sticking with us through that break. Rick Stevens here with you on Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group. In studio with Andrew Rogers, we are talking all things Thanksgiving. And, and Andrew, as we were headed into the break, there there are still some, some I guess I'll call them interesting food facts yeah. as it comes to that Thanksgiving holiday. Um, when it comes to Thanksgiving, and, and we, we just got done talking about cranberries, so we got the fruit side, but on the vegetable side, Oftentimes, frozen vegetables, folks think of that kind of as their uh, sort of time-saving dish on Thanksgiving because a lot of things take a whole lot of time. But in the frozen vegetable world, about $137 million of frozen vegetables will be purchased this year for Thanksgiving. Wow. That's that's a lot of corn and green beans and mixed veggies and whatever else folks decide to, to put together in there. Now, we also get to the pumpkin side of life. Mm -hmm. Because what is Thanksgiving without a nice pumpkin pie? True. Over 480,000 pounds of fresh pumpkins are purchased each year for Thanksgiving. Really? And, and, you know, most likely a lot of those are going to go into that pie or, or some sort of a dessert. Although I'm sure... Folks are decorating with some of the little bitty small ones, mm-hmm. but but those aren't going to weigh much anyway. The yeah. bulk of that poundage is going to pie. 480,000 pounds of pumpkins. And speaking of pie, about 19 million pre-made pies are purchased for the holiday. 
and $50 million is spent on pie filling. Really? Uh, I mean, I can get that because if you're making the whole thing and you already have all the oven space done up and all the stovetop used up, you don't have time to jelly your own fruits for those pies. Yes, 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 for sure. Now, I don't know how how your family does it. If you if you typically have a really big meal or if it's just, you know, like a normal size meal in terms of the amount of stuff that's there. But I know that growing up, you know, it was always this big blow it out kind of great giant family event and everybody was expected to have, you know, two or three plates of food in there because, you know, grandma was, "Oh, I know you're still hungry. Would you like would you like more?" And and the key to that was always you had to say if you didn't want any you basically had to go run screaming out of the house. But if you were a little bit hungry, you never said, yes, I would like some more. You had to say, I want a little more. Yeah. And if you wanted some more, you, you had to say, well, I don't know if I could eat another bite. Because it always came, yeah. right? And it was never in the same amount that you said you could eat. But on a typical Thanksgiving meal, our quote-unquote normal, if you can call normal anything anymore, 2,000-calorie day a diet goes mm-hmm. out the window. And on Thanksgiving, a typical American eats between 2,500 and 4,500 calories that day. That's, I mean, it, I guess it sneaks up on you, especially with all the carbs. Yes, the carbs and, carbs and the desserts, yeah. right? Because you got to try a little bit of everything because you can't make everybody unhappy. Oh, you didn't try my, you know, such and yeah. such cheesecake or you didn't try my whatever. Yeah, you don't want to be rude. Exactly. You don't want to ruin the holidays. No, no, nobody wants to do that. That amount of calories, Andrew, is the equivalent to eating somewhere between four and eight Big Macs in one meal. Ooh. Exactly. Now, I'm sure part of that happens like it did when I was a kid and, yeah, dinner's around noon-ish, and people will start coming in at 10.30 or so. And, you know, you could probably fill up a plate at noon, but you're just going to kind of graze and nibble on stuff from basically 11 until the end of the second football game. Yeah. At which point is a great time to take a nap before the third game mm-hmm. comes on that evening these days. Um, and and here's the here's the biggest one. Even with all those extra calories. Yeah. Everybody talks, oh, the average person gains five pounds over Thanksgiving. Actually, the typical person gains about eight-tenths of a pound. Because we might have a big Thanksgiving Thursday, but Friday, we're going, no, I'm still full. I really don't need to eat anything else. Yeah. So we, we, we kind of let that balance out over that weekend. And especially if you hit up one of those turkey trots, too, you... Got to burn a few calories. Got to make a little bit of uh, you know, wiggle room in the diet. Exactly, exactly. And then if you are one of those folks that sees uh, Black Friday shopping as a competitive Olympic sport, you're going to burn a few more calories as yeah. well. Now, we, we've kind of been going through some of those foods that uh, you know folks are spending money on here, Andrew. But again, the UK does not celebrate Thanksgiving and as such, they find some foods that we have at Thanksgiving kind of odd, yeah. for lack of a better term. Uh, one of those things that uh, there was an article talking about, according to the UK, right? According to the United Kingdom, seven-hour flight away for whatever it is to, to get there from here. One of the weirdest Thanksgiving foods is sweet potatoes and marshmallows. Really? Yes. Clearly, they don't understand the delicacy surrounding this no and what are there like no children 
in the UK either? I, I guess not. I guess not. Now, the next one, I've got to tell you, when I gave the name of the next one to my kids, they were like, oh. And then I explained what it is, and they were like, ooh. And that's the frog eye salad. Okay. And there may be some folks out there listening right now, Andrew, that went, frog eyes? What's that? Oh, it's disgusting. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. It's just because of how it looks. Typically, your frog eye salad has pasta shells and oranges, you know, like the, the mandarin oranges, mm-hmm. and some canned pineapple, and maybe some tapioca pearls, and whipped cream, and marshmallows. So yeah. it's a very nice, light, dessert-y type mm-hmm. of a quote-unquote salad. little refreshment. Yes. Yes. And also, on that same list that the folks in the UK don't understand was ambrosia. They don't get ambrosia salad. I don't understand why not. Well, and this is where your Midwest roots are coming in, because a lot of these are going to be start to refer to as salads. Yes, And yes. that's kind of pushing the definition a little bit. Well, you know, I'm not the one that named them. Okay. I'm just the one that went, hey, wow, those are some interesting things people think are weird. Uh, we also get the Jello salad that mm-hmm. I think people who aren't Midwestern even understand what a Jello salad is. Yeah. Right, that's that's your whatever canned fruit you've put into the ring mold, poured the jello over the top, and, and there it is. There is one on here I didn't know actually existed that I had not heard of, but after seeing it, my Midwest roots are gonna be showing because I'm going, that sounds like it might be pretty good. Okay. And that's the strawberry pretzel salad. I see I've never heard of that one either. But apparently, folks take strawberries and strawberry jam and cream cheese and whipped cream. And, and, and mix all of that together and put it on top of a crust that's crushed pretzels. Really? That doesn't sound too bad to me, no. actually. Maybe maybe that's my Midwestern showing up in there. But, Andrew, I've got to say, okay, as someone who has grown up his entire life in this country, okay, been around, this will be my 49th Thanksgiving coming up, okay, there are some foods on Thanksgiving that I find strange. Okay. Now, again, some of this might just be the Midwestern thing because, again, in this uh, breakfast we were at this morning, one of the guys in there was talking about all of his favorite side dishes, and most all of them ended with the word casserole. Mm -hmm. And afterwards I said, you grew up in the Midwest, didn't you? And the answer was, yeah, in the Chicago suburbs. Yeah. So anything with the word casserole typically is a little weird okay? um, because you can put so many different things together. And, yes, we had all those different kind of things uh, when I was growing up. But the weirdest one was onion pie. What is onion pie? That was always my question. And even having eaten it before, I'm not entirely certain. However, from what I can best recollect, onion pie is basically onions that you've caramelized in a, in a skillet, right, mm-hmm. in, in a frying pan. You've dumped them into a baking dish. You've added some some milk and some cheese and some breadcrumbs, put it into like a 9 by 13 baking dish, and then baked it until it was basically oh. thick and crispy. And it's just weird. And maybe that's just one of those weird Midwestern, semi-Southern things. But to me, onion pie was always a weird one. And I put that up next to... Depending on, you know, where you're at and who brought it and where they're from, there's some kind of a corn casserole, or sometimes they call it a corn spoon bread, or it always just seems weird to me because it's got a funky texture. Um, there are some places, and we'll go over this in a, in a little while when we talk about regional dishes that call it a corn pudding. Yeah. Um, 
That's that's just always been another one of those weird dishes. I don't know to me because it's kind of got you know the best of like the you know cream corn, but then you got a little bit more heartiness with some of the breadcrumb and things like that. So not that I don't think it's that weird. No uh, that's pie. okay. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely no onion pie. You know, I was talking with my kids as well mm-hmm. and asking them what they thought were some weird foods. And my fifteen year old, who who is our first Colorado baby, okay. right? She's child number three. But she's the first one who's not a Midwest child. Okay. Told me, Dad, noodles are weird. And I'm thinking, are you really my child? So. Because homemade noodles is a staple in my world on Thanksgiving, and she just finds it odd. Okay. Now, I know that it's a fairly Midwestern or, in fact, Southern Midwest to Southern sort of thing to have homemade noodles at Thanksgiving. But she was like, why not just dumplings? They're like tiny dumplings. Yeah. Said, well, but they're better because they're noodles. Okay. But she doesn't like that. She doesn't get it. She doesn't understand it. One of the things that I've never understood, mm-hmm. stuffing. And not like the thing, depending on where you're from, if you're talking about having put it all in a 9 by 13 pan and cooked it that way. I'm talking about the stuff right out of the bird. Yeah. I've never really understood that either. That's 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 certainly one of those things. And and Andrew, I gotta say, cranberry sauce from the can. Right? Again, that gelatinous can shaped item that folks love to slice. I don't understand. See, see that's where I, I mean, I'll just take any of the cranberry. Ah yes. And sometimes having both of them is not bad because you can have your relish and it goes well on its own. But you get that slice right out of the can. You got the lines right there, the indentations. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. get the nice even slice. Was perfectly right on top of that sliced turkey breast. It's, it's you can't really mess that up. So, so what you're telling me, Andrew, is you like your cranberries and you like to eat it too. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take the cranberries and eat it too. But I mean, but I don't know. Like, kind of thinking about this, I don't think our family has any of those weird foods. I think the closest is we had a little get together with you know kind of that friendsgiving uh-huh. which has become just as popular right, now for right. some reason uh had one of the people made the mashed potatoes which it's hard to imagine people taking too many liberties with mashed potatoes uh-huh. until they showed up with mashed potatoes mixed in with caramelized onions i'm like that's uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a little too savory in, little in too my much. world yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind throwing a little onion powder in there for just a little added flavor. But yeah. the actual caramelized onions, I don't. I don't know that I would mix those together. Although it, I guess it would be like putting regular mashed potatoes on your plate next to the onion pie, yeah. and, and and stirring so, those I mean, in that there was together. The kind of weirdest thing, but I mean, it's also from everyone has that cousin that <laughs> when in doubt you ask him to bring drinks or you know plates, yeah. and they decided we're going to make mashed potatoes. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, folks, we are up against that next break in the show. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some regional Thanksgiving dishes, as well as, uh, you know, maybe some of those things that we actually typically see in our own homes. And and we'll finish up with some of those things that uh, at least I know I am thankful for. We'll, we'll see what Andrew's got going right here when we come back on Money Matters, right here on KRDO Radio. Stick around. We will be right back. Money affects each of us in different ways. Sometimes it's a source of stress and fear. 
Sometimes it's a source of comfort and security. Whatever your perspective, it's always good to get a second set of eyes on your finances to help serve as a guide. If you are looking for that guidance, call FRS Financial Group at 719-500-8700 to schedule your complimentary appointment. And remember to tune into Money Matters presented by FRS Financial Group here on KRDO, Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday at noon. Products and services offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Well, folks, thanks for sticking with us through that break right here on Money Matters, presented by FRS Financial. Rick Stevens with you in studio with my co-host, Andrew Rogers. We are all things Thanksgiving this week. And, uh, Andrew, I've come to learn that even though Thanksgiving is a distinctly American holiday, we're not always on the same page all the way across the country. Wait a minute. Are you claiming that... The country's divided? I don't know if I want to say divided so much as in certain regions of the country, certain things are more, uh, shall we say, readily available than in others. And and these are things that folks will have at Thanksgiving that, you know, in other parts of the country you might not traditionally have. For example, in Maryland, crab cakes are a staple at Thanksgiving. Well, they're a staple every other well, that's true. In the year as well, the that's, other fifty-one. That's, that, that's true. That's true. Uh, but but also one of those things that I kind of you know tilted my head a little bit and squinted my eyes and went really sauerkraut really? is a traditional dish in Maryland for mm. Thanksgiving. Now I would have thought sauerkraut. You you may have been you know somewhere you had a little bit more Polish or Germanic. Uh, sort of grouping of yeah. folks. I don't think of you know Poland and Germany and a big Polish or German population in Maryland, but maybe it has been at some yeah. point in time. Uh, New England as a whole, as a region, uh, oftentimes we'll see hasty pudding at the actual uh, table for Thanksgiving. And for those that don't know what that is, the New England side, that's cornmeal and molasses and brown sugar and, you know, kind of that, uh, I hate to say the pumpkin spices, but oftentimes that's what's kind of going in there. The, the, the cinnamon spice. and the allspice and the nutmeg, right? And, and milk and, you know, just cook that all in there together and have a nice hasty pudding. Uh, you also oftentimes in the New England states find oyster dressing. Oh. So that dressing mm. that has oysters in it rather than, you know, either something crazy on Thanksgiving like turkey in the dressing or or just you know broth no even not even any meat yeah in there well i mean i did grow up with uh water chestnuts in the dressing that might be about the only crazy thing that's that's as crazy as it got in the uh in in the household growing up added a nice crunch though well well, i could could see that i could see that you know in uh in the new york new jersey part of the world oftentimes part of maybe not the turkey part because oftentimes you'll still Mm -hmm. see this as the turkey part but this is sort of the uh uh, table setter, if you will, for lack of a better term, before you get to the main meal. Oftentimes you find uh, folks having lasagna or manicotti. Yeah, I could see that, you know, having the full-blown spread, having the gravy, having the whole kit and caboodle, getting some cutlets out there. Yep, yep, for sure. And and now if we go to the south. Okay. Now, the way I looked it up, it said Texas, but I'm pretty sure this is through a lot of not only southern states, but folks that maybe are in northern states that would consider themselves southern, is the deep-fried turkey. Well, I think that's starting to spread. I think it's almost become more mainstream now. Well, that's because the Texans have started to spread throughout <sighs> the country. So so there's that piece. If, if you go actually to the northeast region, it will not surprise you, Andrew, that cranberry relish mm-hmm. is one of those mainstays. 
up in that part of the world. Oh, I see what you did there. A main stay. See, you like that? You like that? I worked that in. And uh, in the Southwest or West, actually, that's where they like that frog eye salad. Really? Yes. Why, I don't know, because I can promise you my family had stuff like that. Now, we may not have called it frog eye salad, but in the Midwest, we knew about mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, uh, this one was very interesting to me, but it makes kind of sense. In New Mexico and Arizona, you will oftentimes find pumpkin empanadas at the okay. Thanksgiving meal. Like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You've got that you've got that Hispanic influence of the empanada, but it's Thanksgiving, so you're popping the pumpkin uh, pie filling in there. Now, now again, in the Midwest, it's all casserole all the time, right? Yeah. So your green bee casserole, your corn pudding, or the corn casserole thing I was talking about earlier. Yes, the homemade noodles are, are a Midwest staple. But I gotta throw a shout out to uh to George over at Westside Tax, because in Wisconsin, this should come as no surprise, in Wisconsin, they love the cheesy mashed potatoes. Now, that's something that even the Illinois kid can get behind. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Maybe every other year except for this year. I think this year might have to be a cheese-free Thanksgiving for obvious reasons. Well, you know, I can can understand that. You want nothing promoting that that, that green and gold uh, at this point. Um, in the South, sweet potato pie is often found instead of pumpkin pie. Now, have you ever had a sweet potato pie? I believe so. If you use the right spices, it doesn't taste a whole lot different no, from pumpkin say, pie. It, it, it's about <laughs> the same. Uh, and, and also, one of those Southern mainstays is actually macaroni and cheese as okay. well. So I guess, uh, I guess if you've got a lot of kids, you serve the mac and cheese at Thanksgiving, you know they're going to at least eat something. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thing. In, in Kentucky, they actually... Serve derby pie, okay, which is a chocolate pie with walnuts in it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Georgia, uh, pecan pie, or if I say it properly, pecan yeah. pie, in Georgia. Florida, this one makes sense. Key lime pie. When well, seeing, I'm an advocate that we make that a national as well. That's that's not a bad thing. I, it, I would not yeah. be uh, upset about that. Um, California. Grilled turkey okay. is how they oftentimes will prepare their stuff. And and it was great. The article I was going through said grilled turkey, Brussels sprouts, and a local wine. I went, that's very Californian. Yeah, it just sounds a little <laughs> pretentious. And and that uh, that sort of final regional shout-out here to our buddy Evan over at uh, Steiner's and Dejas in the Northwest, because he's a Montana kid, the gravy they usually have with their turkey is a mushroom gravy. Really? Yes. So those are some of your regional pieces through there. Now, now, Andrew, I've got to ask this. Mm-hmm. You've talked about you don't have a lot of weird stuff. What are some of those Rogers family Thanksgiving foods that you guys have? Well, normally, I mean, we'll do kind of the staples, you know, the turkey, which normally since we end up hosting it almost every year, I'll do and I'll go out and I'll smoke it out on the barbecue. Um, and then we have, you know, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, the sweet potatoes with the mash with the marshmallows on top. Mm-hmm. Usually, some kind of salad or green. There's been times where it's been Brussels sprouts. Lately, it's been uh, some kind of like creamed spinach. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the yep. family members has gotten into that. Rolls, and then you know your typical pumpkin pie, maybe an apple pie. If I get my way, a, cre- a key lime pie in there. Very nice. 
Very nice. You know, we are very similar. Um, although growing up, uh, my mom was not a big turkey fan, so okay. she was one of those that we made both a turkey and a ham okay. for, for Thanksgiving. And, yes, we did the mashed potatoes and the gravy. Uh, we, we did the noodles. Um, I have an aunt who makes tremendous homemade sourdough rolls. Okay. Those were those were always awesome. We always had green beans, but never green bean casserole. Okay. So we just we just went, you know what, Campbell's, you guys can keep your, your cream of mushroom soup and uh we'll we'll just have the green beans yeah. in there. See, we, there's one family member that was a big proponent of those growing up. Mm-hmm. So it would be there, but it's kind of moved off onto the wayside. Nice. And and you know, like you guys, we always had pumpkin pie. Uh, usually there was a pecan pie or two that were there, and we also did the chocolate pie okay. w- without the walnuts, so it wasn't the true derby pie in there. And, you know, of course, there was always, if you're a Midwestern kid, there's always corn something yeah. in there, whether it was just straight sweet corn. And there were even times where we actually had corn on the cob at, at Thanksgiving, sometimes cornbread and sometimes one of those corn yeah. casserole things. See, and this is one that I've been accused of it sounding a little weird, but... I stand by it is, you know, if I'll make the stuffing as well, I found a recipe that also mm-hmm. includes some sausage in oh, with sausage it. sausage so, in the stuffing so is awesome. So like a, like a breakfast sausage yes. in with that, you know, real cornbread and things like yes. that. Sometimes I'll actually make the cornbread a couple days before, let it air dry out, then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. throw but, that in the smoker with the turkey. Andrew, are you sure you're from Colorado? Because that sounds like a very southern sort of dish. Well, I mean, again, a lot of... Ours and a lot of when I'm cooking is involved out on a smoker, and so there's a little bit more kind of southern influence in with it. I'm 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 okay with that. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm good with that. And and quite frankly, I'm sitting here going, I'm I, I'm never really a big fan of the stuffing, but I've made it mm. with the cornbread and the sausage, and uh, I'm starting to get a little hungry. Yeah, that's 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 feeling feeling pretty good here. Well, as we are going into this final piece, right, we, we've talked about all the different foods, all these different traditions. Uh, Andrew, I want to go over a few things that uh, I'm thankful for this year. Okay. Uh, one of which actually is we've seen, because i got to talk about this because it's money matters, right? We've seen a really good market so far this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, year-to-date, coming into the show's recording the S&P is up 17.5% on the year. Not only was nobody predicting a plus 17.5, most folks were predicting negative double digits. And even the RBG at the beginning of the year, the Rick's yeah. best guess was actually short of where we're at. My guess at the beginning of the year was 10 to 12. Okay. We're 17.5, and, and based on all the different things I see, there's still a little more room to grow before we hit 2024. Okay. And the show that we did just a, uh, a week or so ago, kind of looking at to what I think 2024 holds, we're going to see some uh, a nice first couple of months kind of carrying over from what we've got at the end of this year before we see that flat year. We're not back to where we were December of, or January, excuse me, of 2022 yet. Okay. We might possibly come close to it by the end of the first quarter next year. But by the end of the year, we're not going to be up there yeah. yet either. But for 2023, I'm very thankful for a good market, especially mm-hmm. with what we saw in 2022. Yeah. And Andrew, I also got to say, I am thankful for guys like Jim Cramer. 
Okay. Because that provides entertainment and, quite frankly, oftentimes talking points for us. Right? He's he's wonderful to be able to go, okay, now I know what I'm talking about next week on the show because this guy's nuts. Yeah. He, he His buzzers, his bells, his ringing this, his hot that, his cold this, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. I always love that. Not because it's the full entertainment value, but also because he actually demonstrates why people need to talk to an actual advisor. It, it comes in handy. Wait, are we going to be listed now as one of his haters? Because we also know he loves to talk about the haters. Maybe. Maybe I. Maybe we can get some uh, some free promotion <laughs> uh, that way with Jim Cramer talking about the haters. This is not so much about the haters because yeah. uh, it's not like I hate him. I love him because he shows mm-hmm. why you need to talk to somebody who actually isn't just trying to sell advertising. So January mm-hmm. of 2023, just 11 short months ago, we're coming into the year, and he said, this is the time that you need to buy, and he's going over these like 12 different stock picks, that his, yeah. his you got to have it for this year. Andrew, one of those was Silicon Valley Bank. Well, that that aged well. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call that a swing and a miss. And that was actually a swing and a miss early in the count because that was March when yeah. Silicon Valley Bank fell apart. Uh, when when Kramer said that, you know, $320 for Silicon Valley Bank, it's actually priced way low. It needs to be a, a hot buy. Um, I'm actually going to spread the next one out over a couple of years here for him. Okay. September of 2021, he told folks that Disney was the absolute thing you needed to buy. If we go from September of 21 to where we're at now, so about two years later, Disney's stock price is down about 50% in in those two years. But it gets better, Andrew, Mm -hmm. because on November 10th, early in the day, he declared that Disney is the major media stock to own. And that afternoon, there was an earnings call with Bob Iger. Of C, uh, mm-hmm. the, the CEO of Disney, and that major media company to own reported that their Disney Plus lost uh, about $1.8 billion in the last 12 months. <sighs> and they're actually going to be combining the Disney Plus with the Hulu Plus with the ESPN Plus, yeah. and instead of three streaming platforms, they're going to be one streaming platform, and they're going to be making some changes. And oh, by the way, the day after that... Mr. Kramer made this pronouncement of Disney is the stock to buy. It dropped 3% in price the next morning. And if you actually look at the chart, it's literally a line straight down. It's it's a funny chart knowing when Jim Kramer actually said something about that. Um, he also, in July, July of this year, he said he would recommend in the auto manufacturer's world he would recommend buying ford over tesla because ford was going to be where it's at and since the day he recommended ford not even six months ago it's down 30 percent and in that same time frame tesla's up 40 (sighs) well so you know a, a guy will swing and miss once in a while and you just hate to see that happen on Cable television. Uh, I, I swear I hate to see that happen. I mean, but my, my my absolute favorite, though, 
absolute favorite, Andrew. In March this year, Jim Cramer declared that Bitcoin was dead. Cryptocurrency as we know it, gone, useless, get out now, Mm -hmm. it's over. Now, you know that I am not a big cryptocurrency guy. Yeah. I I am not the guy that says, oh, yes, go do it. No, I'm the guy that says, "Eh, let's find some other ways to do this. Not necessarily throwing it all into a coin that may or may not exist, but maybe looking at the blockchain technology that's behind all of that. You know, kind of finding that piece. But since March, when Kramer called Bitcoin dead, it's up 72%. Hmm. Interesting, right? A little, little interesting. I'm going to say this is the death of Bitcoin, and it's almost doubled in value since then. So, I mean, I know there's that old adage of, you know, if you see people running away, you need to run into. So is it fair to say we should watch what old Jimmy is saying, but maybe do the opposite? I, I think there's a George Costanza moment in, in all of this that we can learn from. And, and believe it or not, I actually found there, there are products out there. Uh, I found an actual ETF that does just that. They do the opposite of everything Kramer says to do. Yeah. And in a year when the market is up 17, the anti-Kramer ETF is down 10. Uh, that, that is something that is so Jim Kramer, yeah. <laughs> actually. So I think anything that may even have the name on it, just kind of stay away in general. Yeah. Because their their whole methodology that they lay out doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they say they'll have 20 to 50 holdings and that they will make uh, their moves uh, soon after he makes a recommendation, but they never tell you what soon after means. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that day? Does it mean at the end of the day, the beginning of the next day? What does it mean? So they never tell you the full methodology in there. But I think it's funny that the anti-Jim Cramer uh, ETF is actually almost down double digits in a plus double digit year. Just as bad as the actual Jim Cramer. Yes, yes, indeed. It's 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 very crazy. Uh, you know, one of the other things, though, Andrew, I've got to say that I'm thankful for are all the guests mm-hmm. we've had on this year. We've had a number of wonderful folks coming through, talking about all kinds of different things, things that folks out there need to know about. Right? We've had. We've had uh, Dave from Bruckhouse on talking about the insurance world. Uh, we get we get George in every so often talking about taxes. Evan giving us an it depends, uh, you know, every couple of months in there. Um, I do I do have to say I'm very thankful for the free lawn advice that I get from yeah. Ben when he comes in here. That comes in handy a lot because that adds to my list of what I can go make my kids do in the yard. Yeah, thankful for the. Uh the, the armchair econ lessons from uh, from the other fisk from the other fisk <laughs> we we don't have to actually name that one do we no okay you know you know he actually did have the uh, lowest score in the fantasy football league this week and I mean he still owes me an umbrella drink or something too, if he's listening. <laughs> I, I will make sure he's listening I'll send him the link uh, so so for those guests that that have been on this year know that we are very very thankful for for you that have come in that have shared your knowledge you know one of my one of my favorites has actually been when Budwine has come in and, and talked about what I need to be fixing on my vehicle yeah right that's that's always a good thing and, and that's also one of the reasons why my fleet goes there uh, as well because did, did you know that with uh, five vehicles you can you know get yourself maybe a, a little bit of a fleet discount yeah you just need a couple more drivers 
Andrew. Just just let them grow up a little quicker. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm sure that uh, that that your daughter is just itching to be to be you know that yeah. three going on thirty. Oh, she is very much in that. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll take the uh, the cozy coop over there and uh, <laughs> have them do a once over uh, on that. I love I love that. And and believe it or not, Andrew, I've I've got a little bit of thankfulness for my co-host this year because quite frankly. If you weren't here most weeks, I would just be talking to myself. Yeah, very thankful for you as well for for the wealth of knowledge, the the friendship we've developed. Very, you know, thankful for all of that. And 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 Andrew, I got to say, I don't know what your teachers at Rampart ever said, but I'm going to tell you, you're you're a pretty good student. You're learning very well. Yeah. So, do we need to go back and fix some transcripts, uh, maybe from high school, or were those you know pretty okay anyway? I, I think it's already passed. You know the, you know. Statute of limitations. I think we just let that sleeping dog lie. <laughs> well, I do know some guys who may or may not be able to, you know, kind of get into a system and make adjustments if, yeah. if need be. Uh, and and you know, I, I've also got to say, and and I know that you deal with him more often than I do because you see him every day. But I got to say a big a big thank you to TJ because he always makes at least one of us sound good each week, and usually it's both. Yeah, but for the most part, he makes at least one of us sound good. So, TJ, big appreciation uh, for you on Thanksgiving, and quite frankly, every week uh, right here on Money Matters. Well, folks, that is it for this week's show. Um, I couldn't finish without saying I am also very thankful for all of you out there who listen on that steady basis. Uh, You are the reason that we like to keep doing this, to get you that education out there, to tell you a little bit about what's going on in your world, your economy, things to think about that you might not know that you didn't know uh, in, in a lot of those different cases. If you've got questions, if there are things you would like to hear a little bit more about on a future Money Matters episode, please Give me a call, 719-500-8700. Leave it in the voicemail. Send me an email, rstevens at frsfinancialgroup.com. Go to the website, hit the contact tab, send it to us that way. Folks, we want to give you that information that you're looking for. Well, that is it for this week on Money Matters. We will be back again next week, continuing to talk about your money because... Your money matters. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.